ever imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, 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 indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Now, there's a holiday edition. Holiday, holiday and quarantine edition of Protonic Reversal. Uh, Eddie Revis from D- Distorted Pony. As well as the much underappreciated Leopold, uh, both underappreciated bands actually, if you stop and think about it, uh, is going to be joining me. It's going to be great. Looking forward to uh, talking to that guy. Uh, we're going to have uh, Protonics every day this week. Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close to every day this week. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's celebrate the celebrate the Protonic. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but you get it. You get it. You know what's going on. So, hey, uh, Eddie's awesome. Looking forward to talking to him. Just want to give a shout-out to everyone for uh, supporting the show against patreon.com slash Reversal, dollar a month for uh, advanced episodes. That's come to be something that seems to be, people seem to be digging, vibing with, if you will. And that's good. Kind of helps get the show, I don't know, professional is the wrong word. But it, it helps the show along, and and I like that, and I like that it's uh, I like that you like that, you the listener likes that. Uh, so there's going to be a lot more protons coming for the end of the year, including the much anticipated best of 2020 records special. That's not the name of it, but but it's the top records of 2020, and a few people have asked, some people. Pay close attention to the playlist. <laughs> Some people listen to the episode. Whatever, but that's coming, uh, and it's gonna that's gonna be Christmas Eve for those that, that celebrate that. Uh, and of course, next episode is gonna be Brian Teasley from Manor Astro Man and uh, the rock band The Tunnel coming up on Saturday. So anyway, fantastic. Looking forward to all of that. Uh, thanks, folks, for sharing the show around. It actually helps people find it. If you like the show, consider rating and reviewing it on uh you know itunes any of that kind of kind of thing it may seem like a small thing it is not it is a big thing in fact and let's hear some distorted pony and then we'll come back and talk to eddie about distorted pony and leopold and being an engineer and all that good stuff cool
are we streaming live? Okay, that was Gutbug by Distorted Pony. And before that was, was HOD. It's HOD, right? Like if you if it's or if it's it is. HOD. Is that I don't know what a HOD no, would be. No, it's HOD. It's uh I I think the story behind that title is uh they took the idea, I think maybe the drum beat or something from a Head of David song. Oh, how funny. Head oh, of David. I haven't HOD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't thought of that band in a long time. Good good guys. Yeah. Uh, and of course, that's just distorted pony. So we had a we had a distorted pony uh, rock block. And uh, Eddie, welcome to the show, man. This is awesome. Been meeting thank you, this Conan. for a while. It's been uh, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Um, you know, I enjoy the show, and it's you know really great to be uh, invited to be on it. You know, lots of cool people that you've um, you've had on. So you know, thank you. Well, you're self inclusive now, so you're you're, you're, you're counted <laughs> amongst their numbers. Yes. Cool. The uh, so. You've been in dis- you've been basically been in Distorted Pony for about ten years at this point. Is that is that accurate? Like, cause it's yeah, yeah. Um, how do you how do you measure that time? <laughs> well, I've I've been in the band, but I've maybe only done maybe thirty shows, something like that. You right, because it's been we, like uh, large amounts yeah. of activity, uh, exactly. and, and, and large breaks of time too. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, because we started playing again, uh, two thousand late, late two thousand nine, early two thousand ten, and then did shows that during that time in the summer, uh, and then we didn't really play for eight years till two thousand eighteen when we got asked to go to Europe. We'd been trying um, every every year we would get offers to play festivals, but. They're, they just wouldn't line up enough. Um, right. It's logistically, very difficult. Logistically to and, yeah. and also financially. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, we'd get some uh, good offers, but then we'd get like the, can you come to play my town and I, we can pay you 100 euros and sleep at my friend's house. Yeah, like, yeah, you can go play my garage. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we appreciate it, but like, it just, yeah. So it wasn't garage if it was like remotely feasible and we wouldn't lose our asses <laughs> on it. Sure, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool that people reach out with whatever. Yeah. It's... But yeah, you know, to fly five people to Europe and you know expenses and everything for whatever at two weeks or whatnot, it's it's quite a bit of money. Uh, but that's fantastic because because that's something. Had you ever yeah. had you ever played Europe before that? No. So so when the band broke up, you know, they they put the 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 record out right 
right after they, uh, the, well, the last record, Instant Winner. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think being on trance, some opportunities would have opened up for them to go to Europe. And sure, that was yeah. kind of the, um, I think, something they'd, they'd been, you know, thinking about doing while they were active. And then I think it's it also became one of the reasons why uh, the other, you know, the original members decided to give it a shot because I remember talking to them and it was sort of like, yeah, we want to try and go to Europe, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of goal. Just, I've never made it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'd been to Europe a couple times, but not on tour. Um, so it was it was one of those things that just kind of got thrown in our laps. I think uh, Manuel, uh, I think his last name was Vianelli. I hope I'm saying it right. Um, he oh, had, yeah. I think From, uh, for, yeah. Who does the damaged goods uh, yeah. group and... Um... Yeah, it's the noise rock group. And like noise rock aficionado, and, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he contacted us and apparently had a, I, I, don't, I don't remember which band kind of had a tour already. He had already sort of started booking the tour for them, but then they backed out of the tour. Right. And he was like, well, let me see if I can get another band. So he asked us and we were like, yeah, if you can make it happen, we can, we can, you know, make the time. You know, everybody's, you know, we're all in our 40s or 50s now, so. Uh, you know, kids right. and all that. Not me, but, you know, three or, yeah, the other members have Well, kids, yeah, so. maybe, maybe not you specifically, but those are a concern for the logistics yeah. of doing the band, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So so we had to do it at a time when uh, everybody could sort of plan it with enough time to ask for vacation time from work and yeah, yeah. make sure, you know, all the all the logistics <laughs> would come. So it came back, but it happened really fast. Like, I remember it was maybe uh, December or January, when when Ted called me and said, "Hey, we 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 might be going to Europe. Um, you know, can you do it? Right. You know, and I I said, well, sure. You know, I mean, I'm a I'm, uh, well, I was a full time teacher now. I'm a substitute teacher, so my summers are off anyway. Um, right. Exactly. Which is is sort of like the, 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 there's a small. I feel like there if there's not, there should be a small club of people that are like rock and rollers who are also teachers. <laughs> teachers because I've, yeah. I've met so many of them because it actually just <laughs> is a career that. It, you know, is conducive to that. And, you know, for whatever reason, in, in some ways, and for whatever yeah. reason, I think people, uh, they get, uh, what well, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, even folks like, um, like Steve on Till too. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. He's a kindergarten, teacher, which, which right? is wild, right? Like having yeah. that, that know, right? kindergarten <laughs> teacher, like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Dude. Yeah. Those, what, what, what are those kids like? But, uh, but it's something where I think when you come from, like a punk rock background of, of kind of making something out of nothing that, you know, un unfortunately the, uh, the, you know, you know, how we treat our educational system in this country is shameful, but you know, the resourcefulness yeah. of punk rock, I think comes in handy is where I'm going with that, which is less of a question, more of a statement. Yeah. Well, and I, I agree. I think uh, you, yeah. So some of those ideas of, you know, working with whatever's in front of you and um, you know, uh, you have a goal. So you look for the resources available to attain that goal and in teaching it is very much like that you know the resources are limited but you you know no matter what they throw at us and this is i think you know one of the things they know the district knows the government right they know if we have to do something one way or another we'll figure out how to do it even if they don't give us any money or resources <laughs> to do it but somehow we tenacity still do it. of the cockroach style yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i mean one way or another right especially right. if funding is attached to it right you got to do it and i mean we've calculated the minutes once of the mandated programs that a teacher is supposed to do and there's more minutes that are mandated than minutes in the in the in the teaching day it's ridiculous <sighs> God. 
<laughs> so it's that, one of those so like, obnoxious. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That, that's so annoying. But, but yeah, very much like what you're saying. Yeah, you figure out how to do it, you know. Well, and, and yeah, I, I didn't mean to, to, to sidebar you there when you're telling a very no, interesting rock and roll story. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, people have told me that they like about the show is kind of hearing like the all in parts of who a person is, not just, you know, the. Oh yeah, the, no, no, the rock and roll I, yeah. debauchery necessarily, which is which is in, in, <laughs> which I don't partake of. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> that's, that's why like, I bring it up, which is always yeah. Like, I drink a know. lot of coffee on tour. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's oh a, man, oh. yeah. He got yeah. the flaming hot chips. Oh, what a, yeah, what a rebel! Oh yeah, on tour, those are, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah, you, well, you, you, you left some kind of chips in the uh, in the Airbnb and uh, No Coast. I can't remember what kind they were. You're right, jalapeno chips. Jalapeno chips, yeah, it. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Miss Vicky's jalapeno. Trisha and I love those chips. And then Trisha's they the they came with yeah. us uh, back oh. down to Austin, and then all the way back up into uh, uh, back back to Milwaukee before I, I remember <laughs> they were in the van. And I was like, there oh, you go. Those are probably stale at this point. Were, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they somebody got it. Yeah. But they That's, they got to travel before they died, which some of us don't get to do that. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So you you the sort of pony gets the offer to to go to Europe. It's mm-hmm. logistically feasible. Uh, something. I mean, the sort of pony is a band that is known to those who know, but not really yeah. like household name style. And, I, and by household name, I don't even mean like big black. Or Melvin's band. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's sort of like, oh, record nerds are, 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 are like into Disorder Pony. And like, you know, people that are are, are, are either around, were around that scene at that time or mm-hmm. just seek out that style of music. So that's kind of like a, I don't want to say dicey proposition, but I suppose there's a little bit of risk involved with that. Well, I guess to... To, the first part of that is, yeah, I mean, Distorted Pony. I always say, this is the way I put it. I remember Fugazi coming to L.A. and they could sell out, uh, you know, three nights at the Palace or two or three nights at the Palladium. But good luck getting those people to go see a, a local band. You know, it was like, <laughs> it would always just like, right, 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 where right, right, are right, all yeah, you yeah. people when, and I mean, yeah. granted, you know, L.A.'s got 400 that blows or somebody's L. playing. Oh, yeah, or, well, it, but. you know. Well, that was like 10 years later or whatever. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like, so the bands, you know, Sandy Duncan's Eye, Distorted Pony, Euler, Slug, um, you know, those, you know, Babyland, those are the bands that that I was kind of going out to see and supporting all the time, you know, of a course, lot more yeah. than, but, but, you know, I would always, you know, we, I'd go see Distorted Pony at, you know, a club and there'd be maybe, you know, I mean, sometimes there were 10 people, sometimes there was maybe 40 or 50 people, you know, but like I said, I mean, good luck. I mean, you had to put on a really stacked bill in LA, I think, to get those bands to, um, you know, like to like to even, you know, sell out a place like, you know, I don't know, the Anti Club or uh, the Troubadour, whiskey, you know, those kind right. of places. But thank God for like Jabberjaw that was around and would, you know, attach those bands to the opening slot when, you know, someone like the Melvins or the Jesus Lizard would yeah, come to town yeah. or something like that, you know. Well, and it seems yeah. like that's such a common that's such a common thing with anyone talking about LA around that time is it was like, yeah, if it wasn't yeah. for Jabberjaw, basically none of this, you wouldn't have heard any of these bands. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I'm about five, depending on, you know, which person I'm five to 10 years younger than everybody else in the band. So I was lucky that when I was 18, I, I got to see them and saw them almost every, you know, every time I could until they broke up in 93 Right. So, you know, and the first time, I mean, I always relate, like, the first time I saw Distorted Pony was at Jabberjaw, 
And I remember I intentionally stood by David's side of the stage because yeah. he had a Soldano amp. And I always wanted to hear what those sound. I had already been playing guitar for maybe uh, four or five years. And Very I remember just... distinctive sound to them for the non yeah, heads in the audience. Yeah, exactly. And it's it has a lot of gain and distortion, but the harmonics are really bright. So it cuts through even though it's got a very aggressive tone. So I remember standing there and going like, one day I'm going to get one of those amps. Oh, really? So that, that's and what I did when I became a to... teacher. My, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you, yeah. We had like maybe yeah. A, yeah. two nickels to run yeah. together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my first, uh, when I became a teacher, uh, as, you know, my Christmas present to myself was a, a Soldano amp. Um, uh, I never thought I'd be playing it in Distorted Pony, but that's. I remember hearing that. I'm going. I want one of those. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, 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 it caught your ear and yeah, kind of became an important part of uh, what you would think of when you wanted. What you're thinking of what you want to do with guitar. Now, so that's yeah. so that's interesting, and I don't want to you know jump around that much, but I think it is fascinating to me that you came at Distorted Pony from being a fan first, like being like you know having seen yeah. them like in their original. Yeah, ish iteration and and playing and doing their thing and doing their distorted pony thing and they're not being like probably the thought of the time like hey I'm going to be playing in this band someday. That's no, not, not at all. In fact, <laughs> um, it you know I I had put together my band a few years after my, my, I had tried to put together bands during that time, but they just wouldn't you know uh, sustain themselves or whatever you know break up and everything. Right. In in hopes of playing with like those bands I mentioned, you know, like uh, Slug and the sort of Pony, Sandy, uh, but then it took so it took another three years before the band I was in Leopold started regularly playing, and then by that time, all those bands that I wanted to really play with had broken up. Um, but as a fan, I mean, to, for when when you know, and there's actually for people that want to read details, there is a, a blog I started when I joined I was the band. Just gonna mention that, yeah, but I couldn't, yeah, but I couldn't remember the blog name, so I was gonna look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like distortedpony.blogspot.com, and 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 there I talk about like joining the band, and yeah, I mean, they're like Distorted Pony is like one of my top, I don't know, five favorite bands. So to be playing with them and friends with them is, you know, I, I mean, I compare it to like Rollins getting to be in Black Flag or Mingus playing with Duke Ellington. You know, I yeah, never would have. Yeah. They're the band when I wanted to like learn songs or whatever. I would pull out a Distorted Pony record and learn a song. You know, which um, ended up being relatively really, prescient, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, eventually. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, and, and I'm very close friends with 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 them. You know, um, you know, uh, especially like Trisha and I, we talk all the time and everything. And I, you know, everybody's in LA except David. He's in Austin. Uh, and that's what makes the band hard to do stuff because it's just logistically, logistically very yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's okay. So then, well, and I, and I appreciate uh, the blog as well because it's very rare that you see someone in that sort of situation you're in where they're they're coming at something from a place of a fan, but mm -hmm. they have their own, you know, for lack of a better term, career. Their their own uh, <laughs> their own world they built around themselves. They aren't they aren't necessarily like you know, a young kid or something, but they get the chance to do what they do and bring it into this previously existing entity that they already were, uh, you know, had a relationship with it in another way. And mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool that you kind of, not forensically exactly, but kind of broke down what, what all that meant and kind of having like, you know, you know, how you wanted to approach certain songs, like what things you were looking for. Just, it, it was, you don't usually see that kind of thing. And, and I found that really fascinating that you, that you chose to do it in that way. And I'm really glad you did too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, 
I just I remember just. Um, um, so there used to be these things called blogs, and then... <laughs> yeah, there used to be these things called blogs. Yeah, it's basically like yeah, just like as a diary and something to. I thought you know me being a fan, I figured other fans would appreciate it. You know, sure. yeah. and and the thing about like what as much as like distorted pony is not like you're saying like a household term the fans of distorted pony are very really love the band the, you the know? people that they mean something to it means a lot to them yeah yeah uh we really i mean in europe that really was very evident i mean i share this story with with like we played a, a really great club that has since closed closed down due to you know the the rona the troubles uh, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the troubles yeah uh, called uh, Mondo Bizarro in France. And after the show, it was a small club, like like an Al's Bar, CBGB kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. t- tight club, with, but packed with people. Everybody was really cool before we played, when we, when we played. Uh, there's video footage, too, of that show on YouTube. I think people have uploaded. But after the show, I was all sweaty, and it was really hot in there, so I, I walked outside, and I was just kind of, you know, getting some air and stuff. And this guy comes up to me with tears in his eyes. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, I've waited 25 years to see your band. Oh, and man. And he's like tearing up telling me that. That's awesome. And I'm just like, I know that I had to call like my friend back here in LA because I was just like, you won't believe. Because it was just really, I mean, to see some, I've never had anybody. I mean, I've had people say, call, hey, I like your band. Call your music but, teacher that said you never do anything with yeah. your life. You know, Ms. yeah. Call yeah, everyone. call Miss Brydenthal. Um, <laughs> Told you. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was really, and I mean, I shared it with everybody in the band. I think he went around after and found everybody and thanked everybody in the band uh, awesome. for, love for playing. And so, yeah. And, and I mean, I remember seeing, like, I never thought I'd see, like, the Stooges. But getting to see the Stooges, you know, with Watt. I was, it was just like, I, I remember, you know, I know that feeling of, I never thought I would see this band and there they are in front of you, you know? I miss um, uh, seeing, even though I love them for whatever reason, I was just like, I don't know, like a year too late to drive like mm-hmm. Jehu and I never saw them the first oh, time around. Oh yeah, yeah. And when they got back together, the very first time and they, when they got back together, they played the, with the San Diego, that open amphitheater with, with like the organ and everything. Uh-huh. And just to be in that place with, you know, a couple thousand other people being like, what is going to happen right now? Like yeah, we're, we're all yeah. here to see this like kind of like niche band that we all love and mean so much to us. And then when they, from the first notes they were playing, I was just like, yeah. And I've since <laughs> yeah. seen them a couple times. And the, I would say uh-huh. the other times I saw them, they were better because they were just more well rehearsed. They had, you know, had been, had been, yeah, uh, yeah. been a band again for a longer period of time. But there's something, was there's something so special about just having the Ooh. anticipation of like, I've waited you know, Christ, 15 years to like see, see this, this band play. And I never thought it would actually happen. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that's mean, a story about like how I saw said, drive like Jehu, but it's, it, the, thank the, you for sharing <laughs> anticipation, <laughs> yeah. that anticipation of just like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. That's, 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 yeah. such a, I mean, such a great I'll band. be honest. I, I first, you know, my friend, Anthony, uh, he plays in a band, uh, Francoso called uh, Geronimo. He called me and he was like, hey, Distorted Pony just posted something on Facebook about playing. And I was just, I wasn't in the band at that moment. That was in 2000, like I said, too, late 2009. Right. And I was just really excited. Like, holy so crap. That would have been like MySpace or something then at, at that point. Yeah, right? we, Nobody... <laughs> the, the, the Distorted Pony MySpace is still like there. Um, Who knew that that was so, going to be better than what would come after it, right? Because I know, right? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. This sucks so bad. It's so dumb. Well, and it's just, it, yeah, you look at it now and it's pitiful. I went on there, you know, a while back and it's just like, oh my God, it looks like a ghost town. Like a, like if, if there was a, a virtual version of a, 
ghost town that that's it the it's just like one yeah. one picture pops up here and there and it's like oh wow this is yeah really sad um but none like so i was excited to hear that they were going to do shows and everything um but i had a hunch that robert uh wouldn't wouldn't be interested in it and um and so i i told them hey whatever you guys need if you guys need a place to, like i have the recording studio i have you guys can rehearse there mm-hmm. you guys can um you know, David, you know, because I play a Soldano, I figured, well, David would be coming to town. So I said, if you need to borrow my amp or whatever you Got guys the need. the right amp for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me know. And so, um, and then I said, and if Robert isn't interested in playing, you know, I'd like to throw my hat into the the running to uh, play guitar. If you guys, and, and uh, Ted, I think I was had said, yeah, your name came up and, uh, you know, we're talking about it. So it was cool. It was, you know, if you read the blog, it took them like, I think a month to get back to me. So I was really like, oh, I guess, I guess maybe it's not going to be. But when I finally got in there, yeah, it was, it's, you know, and it's been really fun. I really love them as people and we're very close. And, um, well, and I guess that's something that I found kind of interesting about the blog is that you have that kind of, you know, uncertainty and, and, um, you know, if not lack of, not lack of commitment to it. Obviously, there's commitment to it, but but lack of uh, like just knowing the full picture of like what is this going to be? Is this going to be a thing? Yeah. Like what's <laughs> just you don't see yeah. that that level of of candor coming from someone that has such a deep understanding of the music and a deep love of the music, yeah. and then also in this way that like yeah, but this isn't going to be like arenas either. Like this is gonna... no, 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 of course not, <laughs> no. But you know the the other thing I thought is well, shit, maybe I'll get uh, Leopold back to them. We'll do some shows with them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why that not? was my yeah. other thinking in the back of my head and or at least, you know, I don't know, help, you know, do merch or something, whatever, whatever to, you know, just to enable whatever they Get were the going to do. Get the trainer role in for whatever they yeah, were going to Yeah, yeah, just do. help out sure. in whatever, whatever yeah. way. Uh, I still do all those things anyway. I still help with merch, we, you know, uh, the shirt, everything. Like, so I, I really tried to, like, pull my weight in the band and, and um, you know, facilitate whatever, you know. We just, like I was telling you, we have a the album coming out, the live bootleg thing. And, you know, I, I was the one that got all the artwork together and got the kind of pre-mastering done and yep. was the go-between between us. And, but I like doing those things. I mean, I, I like being, you know, involved with the kind of little projects that come about with the band, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, you know, again, I just, I enjoy that interaction with everybody. Of course. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's again, you're coming out from perspective of wanting to have them be their best, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that really, and, and whatever that means. So, yeah, and and I think one of the most rewarding things, I guess, is that, especially the after you know in Europe, was seeing them play to audiences that were very much there to see distorted pony. Yeah, like, they knew the music. That they, they meant something. Yeah, them, right. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, usually, you know. I mean, you know, you've played in bands, I put, you know, you're, you play, you get to play with one of your favorite bands or whatever. And yeah, the people will clap and, you know, good show. But to have people like screaming and like clapping and going ape shit when they hear the intro of a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, things have, like have that. just like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean. Like, I remember, again, I mean, not to go were, back to my Jehu story, but when they started playing the yeah. beginning chords of Luau, it's like you got to hear like a couple thousand people in a park go, <gasps> At the same time, yeah. it was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, it is something yeah. that's very hard to describe if you haven't seen it, and, and you know maybe that happens yeah. for bigger bands. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think it connects in the same way. I think it's the kind of way you get like a hardcore fan 
that's waiting mm-hmm. a really long time to, to, to hear a thing. And that, that's yeah. what you get. Yeah, well, yeah, like I said, you know, that guy coming up to me, you know, 25 years was his, uh, his, you know, that he was on hold, I guess, um, you know, waiting. I guess he can die happy now or whatever. <laughs> yeah, die happy exactly. moment. Check, right? yeah. check, check that yeah, out. Check, okay, we're good. Um, yeah. Well, and there was like a, no, there was like a seven inch that uh, was came out for that tour, right? I mean, there there was there was like more than just like, hey, we're gonna go play some shows. It, it was well, what ha- what happened was before the tour, uh, or once people kind of got word of the the tour, you know, we got a we got asked a, a label hit us up about reissuing some things. Um, in fact, the so so pun- punishment room was maybe gonna get a remaster. But Bomp still has plenty of those. So people shouldn't be paying 50 bucks. Just go to the Bomp website. They have copies. <laughs> right, yeah. That's Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just, just to let you guys know out there. Um, on, on that, my, uh, my, my uh, sister-in-law's husband wanted a copy of Get in the Van. I was like, oh, but it's like $200 oh, yeah. or something. I'm like, have you gone to Henry Rollins' website? <laughs> yeah, Because exactly. it's not $200. But then I look, yeah, and sure enough, yeah. if you look at it, it's like, oh, out of print. And I'm like... The fuck oh, it is? Wow. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> just go just okay. go to the bubble chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. Anyway, that's true no, about no, Henry no, Rollins' no, book. But, no, but in the but, same yeah. way of like if you if you want that record, you shouldn't have to pay extortionist prices for it. So that, exactly. that was the mindset there. Yeah. Um Punishment Room. So Punishment Room is still uh available. Uh Instant Winner had been out of print since I don't know wh- whenever they sold out of that. So that did get a reissue. Uh, by a label, I think in Poland, Antenna Kretzky something. I can't, I'm sorry, my Polish isn't so great, but so they they re uh, reissued that, and then for us to sell on tour, the label that myself and my friend Anthony that I mentioned earlier, we you know, um, Total Annihilation, who put out uh, Slee Stack, uh, 400 Blows first uh, album, uh, Amps for Christ. Um, you know, the, my band Leopold. Yeah, it was just like I was say, I, all I, the bands that we played yeah. with when we went down there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. You know, so <laughs> so I called them up and I was like, hey, uh, what if we re- remaster and reissue the uh, the first Distorted Pony seven inch? Um, I think it's the Angel on a Hog, Concrete Bruises, and um, I forget what the other song is on there. And um, I think Peace of was it Peace of Mind? I think Peace of Mind did the first the original pressing. So then we had it remastered and repressed and, you know, we tried to make it really like on we new photo on the front from the same photo shoot, but different picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did white vinyl with uh, a nice uh, sleeve and, you know, included a sticker and just to kind of sell on tour and make just it fun, my friends make in it something Spain, that's worth, worth people's while. Uh, sorry, yeah. you're cutting out. Conan. Oh, I, I said just make it fun, make it like worth people's while, you know, make, make, yeah, make give exactly. them something nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so then my friends in Spain, they have a label called beauty fool records and they were like, so what's this thing you're going to be doing with the seven inch? And they were like, well, can we help you with that? I was like, yeah, of course. So they helped, you know, with the expenses and, and, um, you know, they were kind of the people that, you know, sold it in, 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 uh, in Europe. They're, they're located in Barcelona, but, um, and we were actually, it was the first release that they put out. So it was kind oh, of cool. They were really okay. excited. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a nice confluence um, of stuff. But... <laughs> so, the, so they, <laughs> so they helped us put out that, that seven inch. Um, yeah. I think we did uh, about 300 of those. Um, 
and what else did we put? So those were the two that those two things got re-released. Um, yeah, so now people you know can at least find those because yeah, it's ridiculous how expensive some of that stuff goes for. Well, and that's something that's interesting about the. I guess I would call it the third wave of noise rock or whatever, but like people mm-hmm. discovering these older bands and then oftentimes, you know, you just can't get the records. And if you want a record, you're going to have yeah. to pay some exorbitant price for it. So, the, the, but it's still, you have to weigh cost and benefit, right? Of how many are we going to make versus how many are we going to sell? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to like, no, nobody wants to put out, you know, some, some lavish release that just sits in your garage for forever. Yeah, I got about 400 Leopold CDs if anybody's interested in my garage. So, <laughs> Jazz records for sale. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that always happens. I mean, plus, that, but at the time, you know, um, like I said, we, we kind of knew. At least CDs okay, are still, smaller. Vinyl's even worse because it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it takes yeah. more room. Sorry, go ahead. But we, we, figured, we figured we'd price, we'd probably sell about, you know, we, we did, what, 20, sh- no, yeah, uh, let me think here. 16 shows? 16 shows, I think. Uh, or 14 shows in 16 days, I want to say. 14. So we figured we'd sell anywhere between 5 and 10 per show. So we kept uh, 150 that we took on tour, and then the other 150 beautiful records, uh, you know, has. They still have some, I'm sure. But that's how we, we calculated how many to press up. Because, yeah, we didn't want to have to pay the, like, bring them back and haul them off, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, again, this is. is the sexy stuff about being in a band, but it's expensive. Yeah. Those logistics, when you get to the airport and they're like, you're overweight by five pounds. Like, Oh shit. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, like, oh God. What's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> How um, much do my clothes weigh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what we started doing is like getting the, the merch bag and like, or the merch case and like taking stuff like, okay, you're, here's 10 shirts for you. Here's totally. 10 shirts. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, those are the the like you're saying the glamorous things about touring, especially like having to go on a you know take a plane, where you're like this is gonna cost us another sixty bucks just to send these over, you know. Do Do you check the guitar? Yeah. Uh, you know I have a story for you. Good. On the way there, the gate checked it, it was fine. On the way back from Europe, so I took my you know Travis Bean and mm-hmm. a jazz master took a, Trisha took her Rickenbacker. David took his his uh, he's got like a custom uh, mutant guitar. And uh, they were missing for about three days. Holy. Yeah. That was a, now, luckily, I do have that insured because I got tour insurance, but I was just like, oh my God. So they were like, it's in the system. We don't know where. And then, you know, it took them three days, you know, to find it and get, get, get our guitars back to us. But yeah, that was, I was sweating it for three days, not knowing where my damn guitar was, you know. I've heard I've heard lots of horror stories about that. Yeah. Pretty much for me, once I switched to an EDC, I was like, "Fine, we can just check this. I don't, that's fine." And, and like, yeah. I, and then again, and because I got a hard shell case, it's like, "Great, put some T-shirts in it, put some, you know, a couple CDs. Yeah. Like, what, what else we got? I can, I can fit a bunch of stuff in here." Uh, but yeah. I've heard so many horror stories, especially from folks gate checking instruments. And it's, yeah, um, especially I hear. Um, what can you do? What can you do? Like, exactly. Sit in your lap? Exactly. Well, and then, but then you know, you tell them like. Um, this, like, can I take it to, like, some airlines are cool where they'll let you carry it with you all the way up to the door and then they put it in the closet or then they'll take it underneath. But It's totally uh, dependent on who you get, though. That's the thing. Yeah, and if they're cool with you or not, right? And so, yeah, it is a very nerve-wracking thing for them to say, well, uh, you know, your your uh, instruments haven't arrived yet, but uh, they're in the system. Okay, okay oh, great. Oh, okay. as long as they're in the system, yeah. Yeah, as long as they're in the system, we'll be fine. Well, and that's the thing, so... Yeah. 
you find at least in, with American airlines, not American the company, but like Amer- but airlines yeah, based yeah. in America, there's also just rampant ignorance of the actual rules behind checking instruments for whatever reason. Like it's the one thing of like, yeah. how do you not know? How am I more informed about this than you are? You work yeah. here. Like, do you mm-hmm. want me to cite you the regulations so you can look at it? And then there's, well, and then it's basically like, that's where, oh, yeah, they don't have to follow that if they don't really feel like it. You have to make, like, a big stink about it. And then you're like, do you, do, you know, do you, are you nice about well, it? Well, like, is it sugar? And what are you or... going to do? You're trying to get home. What, are you going to call an attorney to come to the airport and yeah. <laughs> get in a lawsuit? I mean, you're you're at their mercy. What are you going to yeah, yeah. do? Well, uh, then I don't go home. I mean, so, yeah, you're at the, you know, I mean, for the most part, I mean, airline people, I'm sure I'm, you know, you see more and more they deal with madness. But, but yeah, it was pretty scary to have somebody tell you, like, <laughs> their, your, your guitars are missing. Well, especially because, like, if one, you know, if one, you know, one of them's custom and, like, one of them's, you know, and, and again, Travis Bean, too. And that is in the Travis yeah. Bean designs. You have, you have an original one. Like, those are, like. Yeah, I have two now. Uh, or I've had two for years. And the thing is, though, it's, like. What I do not, pl- I mean, I was like, this is the guitar I've been playing since 1997. Of course, I'm going to take it with yeah. me. And, but, you know, I did, like I said, the one thing is I did get it insured. Um, like I got tour insurance for my guitars. Um, so I knew, well, okay, worst comes to worst. Maybe I'll get an EGC if it's. I was going to say, know, have Kevin make you a Travis Bean design. Yeah, I'll, I'll call Kevin up right? and go, yeah. uh, hey, okay, this. <laughs> This is missing, but I got money to get another one. I I, I am um, na- I am now a, a folk folklore tale that will be told to other poor yeah, musicians trying to travel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, but like I said, yeah. What was I mean? The option is, well, don't take it with me. But the whole point to have an instrument now. But here's the thing: when I got that guitar, it was like seven hundred bucks. It's just insane how how yeah. expensive they are now. I I never I never thought of it as like I'm gonna get this collectible guitar. I just thought I'm gonna get a guitar that I've heard all these other people play and all those bands are in those guitars sound really cool. So I want a guitar that can do all that stuff. And it seems like that Travis Bean thing is the one that can do all that stuff. So that's how I I looked at it. And so I never bought it in the sense of like someday this is gonna be a collectible vintage guitar. It was just like an instrument that I thought would be a good tool to to play because I could hear how other people, you know, in Six Finger Satellite, you know, the Jesus Lizard, you know, uh, you like the sound Black. of it. You want you want yeah, this, and, the and, sound to and the uh, fact it could make yeah. all those different sounds and still sound really good and and unique to those players. I thought, yeah, okay. and it does. I mean, I get a really distorted sound, but it's very cutting and it's not muddy. Um, it did exactly what I, I hoped it would do. Um, but it's just in the last, I don't know, with 15, 10, 15 years, the, the price of those has shot up insane. I mean, like I said, I have another one I got that's more beat up, a standard for 400 bucks, uh, you know, about a year later after I got the uh, the artist. And again, it was just, well, here's another one for 400 bucks. Cool. You know, now I have another one. Yeah. But but I never thought they'd go be going for the money. Yeah, the cult now. of the aluminum neck. Uh, yeah. instrument crowd has, has definitely grown almost exponentially since then. And I'm foolish enough that I had some more opportunities to like pick up, you know, what would have been like, Oh my God, like you could like sell that and buy a, you know, put down payment on a house at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I just was like, yeah. I'm not going to spend that much money on a guitar. Fuck that. I'll, you know? t- I'll tell you, I remember when I was looking for one, um, I called a, you know, I live in LA. So I called the, the shops in Hollywood and, I remember calling one guy and going, hey, do you guys have any Travis Beans? And he was like, Travis Bean? 
you don't want you want a Jackson, man. I got plenty of Jack. I got some shit. <laughs> like, That's oh, the wrong kind of metal, God. sir. Yeah, I was just like, nah, it's all right, you know. So nobody even wanted those things, yeah. you know. Um, well, just like uh, yeah. you know, before Kurt Cobain, you know, like you couldn't give away like Jaguars <laughs> yeah. and Mustangs, yeah. and then suddenly like yeah, the, exactly. you know, they're putting out like two thousand dollar collectors editions and this stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, same thing. Same thing with the pedals, like big muffs and uh, you know super fuzz, like. You know, you, those, those things were not, you know, these holy grails of sound, you know. Well, and that's, so you bring up an important point with the gear is that, like, you know, you are, you know, not to, not to the point of paralysis, but a, but a, but a, but a bit of a gearhead. Like, it, it seems like when you're approaching this position within Distorted Pony, you, you gave a lot of thought to the gear and to what you're going to be using to make the sounds. And it isn't like you're just going to like plug into any old amp, you know, oh, here's a solid state crate. Okay. Plug it in. Let's go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the way I looked at it was I, I knew I couldn't exactly replicate what Robert does because first of all, he played a strat with like a dual humbucker, mini humbucker in there, a, a music man amp. And he used a, some kind of process like a DOD GSP something rack mount thing. Um, and I was like, I'm not, you know, going to replicate that. But um, I knew like, so, you know, and I, but I knew I was familiar enough with his uh, style and what he was doing. And like I said, you know, there, I would every so often learn their songs and, you know, analyze what's going on. So, uh, and here, and also hearing them live, you know, all those times when, when, when they were on the front, I knew like what his role was. I mean, sometimes he was, <laughs> I gotta say, he was like so loud. Um, <laughs> he, like he'd be louder than anyone else in the band because he was just making noise. Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember sometimes he'd just be so loud. Those, it was a, he played a music man, uh, like an HR 120, I think is the model. And, uh, yeah, I know it, it well. Just, yeah, I used to. Yeah, have I mean they're pretty because I think it's a solid state power section and, and two. Yeah, uh, yeah, amp, that's that's the right? not not in replicator, but uh, afterwards yeah. I I played I played that, and then the nice thing about that is if you want to play at non ear blasting levels, you can move it to a half power, and it's like it's like a, yeah. a strong sixty. But it, I think he modified it to move it to twice the power then because <laughs> yeah, they, they, they get just be really preposterously loud. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and they and the sound so, great. Sultano, but, yeah. Yeah. My amp is not, is not like that, but his main distortion was a rap pedal. Right. So I knew that much. Yeah. So when we went on tour to Europe, I knew, okay, I'll, if I take a rap pedal, I'm, I'm almost there. Uh, and then I played out of a Marshall JMP reissue, I think. So, you know, I, I've, you know, uh, can do the stuff that he would do. And then for delays and uh, reverb, I use a uh, Earthquaker Devices Avalanche run because that has both in one pedal. So I kind of know the settings for the, the songs where he would use effects and kind of how to replicate that with one pedal as opposed to a rack. Well, you know? And I like that you kind of approach it almost like scientist style of like not, not, not an exact recreation, but what can I do to, you know, get the spirit of this in like a cool and interesting way that would, you know, work with this modern gear and have the least amount of surprises maybe uh un- yeah un- unpleasant surprises yeah and especially because you know we had to fly over there so i knew i had to take a pretty limit i mean i don't play a lot of pedals anyway but i knew i had to kind of a small pedal board um and the main thing was like i said the rat the avalanche run i, I use a what's that boss fc fz2 the hyper fuzz for noise you know um 
that's mainly. I mean, what's the other thing? Uh, I guess that uh, oh, a gate, uh, noise suppressor, and the tuner. So it was the a pretty minimal setup. Too. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for those. It was great. I, I feel like um, you could hit those with a shotgun and it, they'd still be operational. I mean, for it, it's the yeah. first. It's one of the first pedals I've ever bought, and it's you know after twenty plus years of hard touring, it you know, it looks like hell, but it still does exactly what. It yeah, they work perfectly. great. Yeah, it, it's stunning. Yeah, and I also use it as a kill switch. You know, it has that yeah. feature where you can. So, you know, so yeah, I just, I just, I, I try not to. Um, like in Leop, when I played in Le- in Leopold. I'm much more like a kind of, I don't, wouldn't call it lead guitar player, but only guitar player. So I would have to play more melodic lines and stuff, you know, whatever riffs. But in Distorted Pony, uh, I remember talking to David about this, and he always looked at it as like, Trisha's the double bass, I'm the cello, and he's the violin. So Ooh, I very much know the space. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's when he writes, that's how he always looked at things. So I very much knew like where I'm supposed to fit in in this equation. Um so, Interesting, yeah, because that that is kind of you know when you're entering a relationship of you know playing with people, there is that sort of mm-hmm. like feeling out of like, well, if I go over here, that kind of like steps on yeah. what you're doing a little bit. Is that cool? Is mm-hmm. that not cool? Like, it, it's kind of a. It, it can be interesting to not if you don't have that mapped out ahead of time, you can end up in a, some interesting spots to say the least. Well, yeah, but the other, but I mean, I very much try not to. I mean get like uh, even before so we just played you know with you guys in february back in the you know, like you said before the troubles what, one yeah before the troubles and, and one of the yeah. last i think we played two we played two more shows after that and then it was all yeah we had canceled. Shows planned. yeah we had three more shows planned for like may june and all that's gone which i believe but, i went on a taco run during one of the bands and i would not have done that if i had known that that was going to be one of the last shows oh, i get yeah, to see yeah <laughs> Yeah, because um, I was like, oh, we, you know, whatever. We're playing with them again, and uh, you know, not you guys, but like, you know, whatever band it was. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. we're playing with them again in March. I'll just see them then. You know. Yeah. And I, to be no, fair, I, mean, I really want to talk us. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I mean, who would have would have guessed? But um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, so even before, so even though we had played sometime before, even the weekend before. Because David came out to rehearse with us, we I have all the multi tracks here at the studio of, of uh, both records and oh, both cool. albums. Yeah, yeah. So you can break so down. We're the able parts. to yeah, yeah to actually cool. listen to the discrete part. So on like Gut Bug, which played earlier, there's a bunch. It's it's kind of interesting. We realized Robert probably messed up <laughs> on some of those chord progressions, but they work really but, well. But whatever the mess up was is like part of the song, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So I remember David, you know, came to rehearsal a little earlier here at the studio and he said, Hey, can you bring up gut bug? Cause there's some things, I think they're a little different than what you're playing. Yeah. Cause I would just play kind of like, well, what he, what he played the first time around, I'm going to play it again. Right. Yeah, in the yeah. next, next verse or whatever that section was. And so we did, we heard it and it's like, Oh yeah, it is different. So, so I try not to like, I, I try and do what I think, you know, I, I play, play his parts. And you can't be, I mean, I know that I'm a replacement for someone else. So I try not to be like egotistical or like, well, I'm going to play it this way. You know, it's like, yeah. no, I mean, I know exactly what my role is. Now, the, what I do do that's different than than the recordings. And I, I, and I think this happened live too, is there's certain like, let's say you have a variety of different um, uh, riffs you can play. 
I've learned, for example, when David plays a higher melodic part, I go to the lower one. And when he plays the lower like lines, I try and get out of his way and go to the higher. So I do uh, change that around a little bit. Give a little more tonal uh, distinction to kind of... Uh, yeah, to give him space, you know, mm -hmm. to give him some room. And also there's songs where I turn down the gain a little bit to give him more space when he's doing a melody, which... I don't think Robert would ever do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the but, man, the uh, man with the HD one twenty that was like you know blasting that at full volume. Yeah, exactly. Probably would not have done that. Yes. So and and I'm not talking like you know all of a sudden it sounds like I'm playing out of a Fender Twin. But, no, 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 you know, no. Like, but but there is there is yeah. overpower even in in yeah. quote unquote noise rock. Yeah. There's still you know loud and there's overpowering yeah. and and especially when you're playing something really del like Gutbug has some really like a little delicate melody that David plays yeah, and I yeah. can't be blasting away. Like completely obliterating that little, that yeah, you're, little. You're, you know, gonna bury the, thing. you're gonna bury like this cool, like interesting hook that is kind of like yeah. the key to the song. And exactly, exactly. You know, um, so that is something a little different that I I try and do. Uh, and really, I mean, he and I, you know, uh, I don't come work together really well, David and I. So so you know, when I joined the band and he was here and we were learning parts, it was very easy to to uh, take suggestions and everything and and like i said also being a fan of the band it's they're not i always joke with the band that if we ever break up i'll keep going as eddie rivas plays the songs of distorted pony <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about a know. niche interest that's awesome <laughs> yeah exactly. i'm just like you know, like if we ever stop don't worry guys i'll keep it going okay oh, got, um, gotta, gotta keep it alive man yeah keep it alive um, but no, but, uh, I know it's not, it's not that kind of band where it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's five people playing together. Not, not one person, you know, like not with this front man, that's very charismatic or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's, you know, I really respect, uh, David's right. I mean, he wrote probably, I'd say, I don't know, 80% of the music and, um, yeah, I really respect and, 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 um, like like i said what what he did so i try and you know like i said keep it true to to what i i would think is my role and what people would want to hear if i was in the audience i know i wouldn't it's not about some other person all of a sudden yeah like, slapping their you know their thing all over it you know you don't want to be the scrappy do of distorted pony no I don't, you know yeah <laughs> did did those other guys um and gal, uh, cha mm -hmm. change up their stuff at all as far as this. I mean, thinking about like when Disorder Pony was around the first time versus now, like the, the whole macro gear explosion and boutique, it's, everything is like, you know, it's a whole new world. Yeah. Now. Yes. Yes. And no. Like, for example, back in the 80s, 90s, Trisha used to play. I have her cabinets here, uh, eight, well, not an 810, uh, 410 and a 115 GK cab, but with a sun head, I think uh, maybe a Coliseum head. Sure, uh, but that thing has since died. So she used she was using my GK eight hundred RB head, but her secret weapon and people ask all the time. So if if people can, she uses a a Boss rack a half rack mount or third rack mount distortion unit. Oh, interesting. I forget the, okay, yeah, that if she has that, no matter what she plugs into, she's gonna sound like Dora Jar. Um, that's that's the secret weapon to Trisha. She's got the same bass. Yeah. It's, uh, modified Rickenbacker that got made fun of on the Rickenbacker page when I posted it because it has jazz pickups as opposed to the original Rickenbacker. Yeah, oh, that must sound terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People were like, <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Because I said, what 
what base, what, what, you know, case should we get for this base? She needed a case. And oh, it was hilarious. So anyway, so that's her secret sauce is that whatever one, they're, they're dicks. Uh, jazz, jazz pickups are great. And they sound amazing. <laughs> Hers are active. So you can be super loud and they don't buzz. Yeah. So no, she has a great tone. That bass is like a, it's like a, a I don't know, a sledgehammer. It, yeah. I stand next to her. So I hear her like a bell. Um, well, and it's just like, uh, what's another bass players I know that like, it, it's a yeah. very distinctive bass sound. And yeah, it, it just, it gets you right in the gut and it's, it, it's yeah. a huge part of what makes the band. So it's like, that's gotta be, if that's not there, the foundation of the house is not going to be strong. Yeah, totally. I mean, and we've tried, uh, we tried, what's the other, the rusty box. We yeah. tried, um, um, John, John Nunez's, uh, annex, bass annex pedal. We tried uh, something ram. Is it the battering ram? Some we we she's been through quite a few, and always, 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 it, she comes back to that little rack mount unit because that is whatever yeah, works. What, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever works, works. The thing. Yeah, and then <laughs> let me think. Uh, David, he still plays his Soldano, um, and he plays uh, his Telly. Although he didn't take the Telly with him to Europe. He took, he just took his, like, it's like a, uh, I don't know, kind of, we call it like the tar guitar because it has a metal <laughs> <Right>. cover <laughs> on the front. Every know, time, like every time I see yeah. anybody with like a metal pickguard, I'm like, oh, it's a tar guitar. <laughs> yeah. That's what we, we yeah, the tar. I don't know, what, it's got a tele bridge, I, I think. think. I think it's those are, a, I think those yeah. are specimens, if I remember correctly. Uh, I might be wrong about that, but. Yeah, that, that's they were the first yeah. band I, that I saw do that, so it's permanently etched in my mind. It okay, you're that's a tar guitar. <laughs> yeah, so so he still plays that, um, and when we played in Texas, he had his telly, so he has his main center. But I think, let's see, uh, he doesn't use the reverb pedal that that we he used to use. He uses a little zoom box or something like that now for a this kind of weird reverb effect. I think. With the core of the sound, you know, the Soldano with the, with the, and his thing is the telly, uh, you know, I think something about that, that pickup. You get that attack. Mounted on the bridge, you get that attack. Yeah. And so that lets him, you know, stand out. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, I don't know, London, what was he playing? He was playing a, oh, I don't know. Now he has a Gretsch kit. I don't know what he had at the time. I know he still has the original Distorted Pony kit at home, but he now is a, a Gretsch. He's like an endorsed or something like that by Gretsch. So he has a really, actually, it's a really beautiful piano black. Ah, it's a nice, really nice kit. Um, but, uh, and well, and then Ted, I don't, so if you can't, I've tried to find pictures of Ted's uh, percussion setup because at the time it was pretty elaborate. Yeah, like back it, in, in, when I see pictures, it almost yeah. looked kind of like a Smith from Babyland kind of, I mean, yeah, in, in his own thing. way, not exactly the same yeah. thing, but in the way that it was like, oh, that's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, he had these snares that were sandwiched, and he had this, I think, like some kind of jug, and he had a smaller oil drum. Um, so all that's gone. I mean, when he when 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 Distorted Pony first started playing and rehearsing, he brought a, a wok, like <laughs> outdoor grill wok. Oh my god! <laughs> and nice. by the time he was done with that thing, yeah. it was just like it was destroyed. Eventually, and I didn't know this, but I guess it's kind of. Uh, illegal to buy those like oil drums the the real ones for some reason i guess what? Because, really because yeah he had a really hard time 
until some guy he had to tell him like look i'm a musician and i'm not going to do anything with this this is like something that like three people will know about one of them is bob burt but yeah well there you go yeah exactly yeah (laughs) so he had a really hard time getting one of those somebody to sell him a, a real oil drum but he's kind of he's learned how to get quite a variety of sounds from that one uh, you know, instrument, I guess we'd call it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, and so, he's, so he's kind of adapted just one oil drum to do all the things he used to do, uh, uh, you know. And then he and then he plays two floor toms. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. There's, Insert there's, a kids today don't understand sort of speech here about uh, <laughs> having to adapt because of safety standards for oil drums. I guess, <laughs> yeah, or whatever, EPA, you know? EPA standards EPA, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, oh, damn EPA won't let us have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. I guess they don't want people putting bodies in those oil drums or <laughs> toxic waste. I don't know. He, but he had a really Wolf. hard time <laughs> Why not? finding one. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So. So I mean the core of the, the I guess you know the, I mean when I actually think I think Bob Bird uh, when he when he was on I think he talked about with because he plays in John Spencer the Hitmakers yeah now mm-hmm. and they do some Pussy Galore songs and stuff but I think he uses like a uh, like a um, like a two chamber sink okay <laughs> it's like turned Flipped upside over? down yeah yeah and he's yeah, he's, he's, he's found that like those are easy enough to find and they don't give you the business like you do well, if you're trying to look for something you could potentially put a body in I guess. I remember, so when we went to Europe, it was like, what are we going to do for Ted? Like, how's he going to Yeah, yeah, how are you going to throw that, so, throw that in the, the bag band, check? Yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah, the band, uh, Connie Shorty, <laughs> that we uh, we toured with, uh, and hello to those guys, we really love and miss those guys, um, they went out of their way, and, and, you know, first they found a little drum, and I was like, yeah. I don't know, guys, can you get maybe something a little bigger? And then... You know, I'm, I get a Facebook message with a picture of the full size, and they were so excited, like, "Look at what we found!" You yeah. know, and so Ted was like, "Yeah, that'll do it." You know, and what was cool about it is you could fit two drums into. They called it the condom. You could fit like <laughs> the two four toms into the condom. Brilliant in the van, right? So it was actually, you know, it it it, it was a. Uh, because well, people, people don't think of the logistics. Yeah, when you're thinking of like packing up a band, you generally don't think of the logistics <laughs> of moving like large metal obelisks. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, Babyland or Bob Burt or Euler back in the day. It, it's um, like there should be like a support. Savage Republic, I guess they had. Metal Savage Republic does. Yeah, Savage I was gonna Republic, say there's a yeah. there's a small support group of people that could have their own Facebook yeah. group or something that they can all bitch <laughs> exactly. about the logistics of of, of this. And, and and you know what? They would yeah. all be great bands too. Well, yeah. Luckily, uh, it's not just an annoying sound, but actually been used very, you know, in, in some cases, very well in music. There was another band. What was that band? Oh, Savage man. Republic's a good, a good uh, Shark Bait, where it was Shark Bait up from oh, the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, Isn't that yeah. What they were I think. Called? I think. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't remember right now. Didn't Idiot Flesh yeah. do some of that stuff too? I'm trying to think. Of oh, I don't. I never saw them. I don't know them. Well, most people only not. saw them when they kind of evolved, uh, change into Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, who are fantastic oh, as well. Yeah, but Idiot is, Flesh, yeah, I, yeah. I seem to recall. See, and I don't have the excuse of being on drugs either. I just, you know, this was a long <laughs> time ago when I was a kid. So I, yeah. I, before I started playing music, I didn't notice as much of this stuff, and uh, I was like, "Oh wow, it's wild!" You know, was yeah. Probably, yeah. truth told, be paying more attention to the naked women than anything else. But 
But that's when you're said, a kid, that's something you pay yeah, attention to. You know, to. exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe I didn't. But I want to say there was, there was some junk percussion with the uh, ADF flash. Anyway, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll hear about it either way, I'm sure. Yeah. From, from somebody from will, the yeah, in the internet. <laughs> somebody yeah, somebody will have seen it. Will set the record straight. Exactly. Yeah. Dear sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, so, so they, they get you this, this, the big drum, the condom, and then you can stack all the other stuff with it. So logistically, you're able yeah. to get from point A to point B with the stuff you need, which which is great. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of like that's and they're uh, they're 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 still hold. They said for the next time we go, so there is hope that we return. Uh, they've held on to that drum actually. Oh, nice. So somebody's just like yeah. keeping that in a basement somewhere. It's yeah, somewhere. It's somewhere in Italy. <laughs> somewhere in <laughs> Italy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, just, just await, waiting for the next tour when, when tours can, uh, can start. Yeah, someday, someday, yeah. Well, and so that's another thing is it kind of seems like you guys had sustainably planned some stuff for the rest of the year. It wasn't like that was the only thing that we were going to do. It was no, I mean, I didn't think it was going to be the only thing I was going to do either, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, sadly, right? I mean, especially, I, I you know, I uh, – None of us really make a living from playing, right? But right. I know, you know, a lot of our friends do. And so that's who, you know, it's going to be one of the things uh, that I've been thinking is just like, we've already heard of like certain clubs in LA, like that's it, they're gone, like closing down. Um, so I'm, I wonder when things open up again, what are like the smaller bands going to do to have venues? Because, you know, even the, the medium sized bands are going to be packed into the smaller rooms and charging money, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I kind of wonder what's going to, I mean, my studio is, you know, the tracking room's pretty, I could probably fit a good 30, 40 people. So I have thought like, well, maybe doing that, just helping out friends if they need a show kind of thing. Um, well, because I think that's going to be what the kind of thing the way has to happen is that there's going to be yeah. like new independent spaces that exactly. kind of pick yeah. up the slack. Because like, like you said, there's going to be, you know, some, some mainstay venues are, are already gone gone yeah and that's yeah. not even to say of like you know with all this i gotta be careful about going on a rant here but but i feel like there are certain people that are prolonging the situation selfishly and yeah uh you know neva finally got some of the save our stages stuff in on the, this last bout of relief but i mean that's just that's holding the reaper off that's not like uh you know a curative like they, they need to be able exactly, to bring yeah. money in the door and and, and that's yeah so- there was an article. I haven't read it yet, but there there was an article in the UK, right? They're saying in the UK there's going to be funding for some venues. That that's my understanding. So, so there may, right. may be a little little ray of sunshine for uh, yeah <laughs> for over there. Whereas over here, it's like yeah over here, yeah. I don't... Hey, here's here's remember when you got that one twelve hundred dollar check? Well, here's a six hundred dollar yeah. check, and yeah. like we're gonna be kind of smug about it. It's like really why yeah. I don't you know amazing like just. Again, it's, yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm in severe danger of going off on a rant here, but like I mean, there, no, and I, I would probably agree with what you're where you're headed with that. Um, it's it's not what people tune in for, and I think I, I, we yeah. we all live with it so much that I don't think I need to believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, point of fact is that you had stuff planned. You had stuff planned. You had things that you, you we were going to be doing. Yeah, we had a couple things like a desert show. We had um, we we're thinking San Diego, an LA show, which we haven't. We had, I mean, we played here at the studio the weekend before we played in uh, Texas. Just, you know, kind of friends. Kind of a and, warm-up show. Kind a warm-up of, show, yeah. yeah. But really, we haven't played here since 2010. Which is crazy um, because there's probably a whole new batch of fans that had never had the chance to 
see the band play. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's tough though because even when we played in 2010, there was a show where I think there's just a lot of bands on the bill. So by the time we went on, it had kind of thinned out, and it was like. I remember, and it was the kind of the, one of those shows where, like, oh yeah, this is why sometimes bands break up, you know? <laughs> right, because you, because um, especially when it's when you're dealing with a rock and roll endurance contest, we're like, oh, yeah. where are we on the bill? Yeah, oh. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my, my like, thing, not to could do inside baseball, but that wears on you if yeah. that happens like night after night. Oh yeah, and, like when you have like yeah, real, of course, you know, adult concerns to uh, to deal with, and you know, you're yeah. like, why am I putting all this effort into this thing if? You know, by the time you know we, we play, like everyone's that came to see us is already pieced out. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, although I don't want to say the name of the clip because I don't want to hold them to this, but the the at least the venue that uh, that we, were, we don't have a booking agent, but there was someone that asked us to play one show, and they said, "Hey, I can probably help you guys get a show in LA." So. Um, so the venue, we were surprised the venue that uh, said they were really eager to have us play. Um, um, you know, it was like, really? That place wants us to have us play there? Because it's just it, like it wouldn't, I said, be, wouldn't the, have been what you've expected, maybe. Yeah. In, in the sense that, uh, well, I mean, okay. So, you know, our bands were around, like, you know, Replicator and Leopold. So, you know, it wasn't always easy to get a show. So it's kind of, it was just this irony that like, oh, that place actually wants to pay us? Like, okay, you know? Um, well, yeah. Because at the time... As you, as you well know, Mr. T's Bowl uh, versus looking at it now as a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, uh, I can't even think of the name. I played there twice. I can't think of the name. But like, where it's like... Yeah, the mm-hmm. the Highland Park Bowl now. Highland Park Bowl, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll praise the Highland Park Bowl, but it's very different, isn't it? Very I compare that place to uh, what was that movie of um, the movie where uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is in it and it's about yeah. the filmmaker. You know, it, 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 like when I walked into the Highland Park Bowl after not being, go- it was like, welcome. And I expected curtains to part <laughs> and somebody come down on a, on a, on a swinging platform. Yeah. Like it was Cirque like, du Soleil wow, style is- or something. Yeah. Like- that's, <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt. Like, wow, what you know, it was like this uh, steampunk art deco industrial. Uh, I, I don't know. I had to uh, keep telling everyone that didn't know it from back in the day, including people that played with me. I was like, I was like yeah, it did. Uh, it, this was no, not what this looked nothing, like before. But luckily, like there was that. enough of of you know some of us old heads that there that like we could at least commiserate amongst ourselves. Like, can you believe this? It's like, yeah, have you seen the loadout ramp? You know, you're, you're just kind of like, yeah. Oh, this used to be a yeah. death trap. And now it's a, it's a place where you oh, can have yeah. like adult fun, I guess. And gallivant yeah. around in a Wes Anderson looking playland. Exactly. Okay. There cool. you go. Yeah. And the food's good. Yeah. I like it's the food it's great. And they and they couldn't have been yeah. kinder to us, you know, that. Oh, good. But yeah, it's... I haven't played there. I've only gone to see shows. But so far, I mean, from what I hear, yeah, no, no, I've, I've had no complaints from my friends that have played there. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. So the point of fact is that like there, there's Los Angeles can just be an interesting place because even though there's a lot of venues, because you because there's so much of the industry there that so much of it, even like stuff you wouldn't think would be industry oriented, tends to uh, kind of see dollar signs in their eyes about about a lot of stuff, and it can be harder to put something forward that's almost art for art's sake, for lack of a better term. Is that where you're going yeah, with well, that? 
and I just think, so here's the, like, okay, the, un, the unsane, we're going to play a club. I won't say which, because same reason. So they were going to play, and so I got in touch with, uh, with Chris, and then uh, Chris or Vinny, actually I think it was Vinny, and they were, they, so they hit up their booking to have Leopold open for them. Right. And I just remember the booking agent putting uh, of the club, of the club putting up so much, like well this and that and resistance. Well, later on I find out well the booking agent, the 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 the, the opening spot which we would have gotten was actually taken by the booking agent's boyfriend's band. So that's the kind of shit where it's just like, oh, yeah, LA. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's not exclusive to LA, but oh my God, it was like, because when even the insane were like, yeah, we want Leopold to play with us, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it was like, why is this dude being, or, or this, uh, this person being so, uh, so difficult about it? Like, just put yeah. us on the bill. But all of a sudden, they, they wanted to play like 50 questions, like, how many people can we get, you know? Uh, <laughs> It was just right, like yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, been yeah, interviewed. Yeah. I've never been interviewed. I thought I was calling to get logistical information, like what time we had to be there, and blah blah right. blah. But but it was more like this job interview, and I just yeah, like you're going later Star Search out, or something. Or... Yeah, like what is this? <laughs> so that's the thing, you know, about where yeah, there's that. That's a very you know, in all fairness, it is an outlay thing. But also, that was not a underground CD. You know, it was uh, one of the Hollywood places. You know. I mean, New York can be the same way, and and even Chicago. Uh, there's usually at least one or two places not like that. Usually, and mm-hmm. you know that that are the jabberjaw of that place. Uh, yeah. But th- there's, you know that that happens. That even the Bay yeah. Area has, has has had its. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot like, of yeah. that kind of thing. But I mean, it, it is it is that. something to overcome, and it's ridiculous too. It's also it also makes you appreciate when somebody really does something for the love of it. And, yeah, you know, uh, provides a home for bands that, you know, w- without necessarily, not to say that people are, are just being altruistic about everything, but just like without the nonsense. Yeah, I mean, and especially if they just think you're a good band and they don't care if other people think you're a good band. They yeah. just want to give you a shot to play. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like I, I remember uh, being asked like, you know, like, well, what kind, you know, what, <laughs> this is so bad. Like, what kind of band do you want to have open? I'm like what do you mean? It was like, what kind of band do you want to have open? Well, you know, are you more concerned with, you know, a band with a draw or, and I was like, I, I like the band to be good. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I said. That'd and be like, nice. And they're like, oh, okay, great. I know exactly what to put yeah. on. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that we were, okay. So, because the idea of like just cynically adding, oh, this band has a lot of friends. So, I mean, and my understanding like for that kind of thing is usually like, well, yeah, but they'll watch their friend's band and then leave immediately and, and go leave. hang out at yeah, the bar. So that, I mean, the fact that like, yeah, we'll come with a little more money, but if you can play yeah. with an awesome band that like, you know, maybe they're awesome, but they can't tour and you will never see them again. For me, that's the point. One of the points of doing the thing personally. Well, but, and, but the thing, uh, well, I think now though, right, you've, you know, been playing music long enough and touring long and I've, you know, we all have friends now where if we want to go play you know, um, whatever, you know, Chicago. We, yeah, you want to play with the, out. yeah, like yeah. You're, you're a friend, like, what are they up to? What's their new band like? Let's check this out. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I think, but, you know, back before, you know, yeah, you were at the mercy of whoever was the gatekeeper <laughs> of the club, you know. Whatever their ideas about whatever was. And maybe, maybe they were yeah. dead on and maybe it worked out and maybe it didn't. Who knows? Who yeah. knew? It was, yeah. you know, again, not to turn this into like a book your own fucking life, uh, <laughs> thing or anything along but those lines. It was lines, that way, but... though. <laughs> but it was like But it that. was that way, yeah. And, like, yeah. you just had to, yeah. like, you know, trade voicemails. 
Yeah. All on the phone. I mean, can you imagine if like uh, people had to like, call on the phone to book stuff? I guess no one's booking anything right now, but when, when they're no, shows again. You would, you would definitely separate the people that really love doing it and the people that are just in it because it's a thing. So, uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor that. That is the most old man rant that I've old manned in a while. So that's, sorry about <laughs> there that. There you go, geriatrics. Yeah, exactly. So, so, but that that is kind of brings up an important point with Disorder Pony: the fact that like you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have like new fans and maybe even as I've termed it, like third wave noise rock people, of which both mm-hmm. Leopold and Replicator were kind of in between. Yeah, <laughs> that those waves, and that's something I do want to discuss at a later time. But you end up with some people that are like more closer to your age that like know the band from way back when, and mm-hmm. you have people that had never seen the band like in any way, shape, or form. Did you find that like you know just like the guy that had the epiphany and and you know the the revelatory experience of, of seeing Disorder Pony play finally, were people like receptive to you being kind of like you know the new kid? Uh, rather than uh, <laughs> whatever, well, or did people even notice? Because it wasn't like there was an they were an image forward band of like, oh, this is like, yeah, I, I think um, because there wasn't there's you know, I think I was just in the band. I, I never got any sense of uh, you're the rep- now. I think because uh, Trisha and David sing, you know, they're a little more in the front, so they tended right, to get yeah. more people approaching them, and then. You know, I'd be hanging out and go or go to the merch table one, but people were really, everybody was was really cool with me. I never got any sort of like you're the replacement guy, attitude or whatever. You know, if anything, um, you know, some people said, said you know said like, uh, uh, I'm glad you were you could you could play with them. You know, kind of like yeah, you know, uh, uh, acknowledging the role but kind of still giving respect for putting in the work and and uh, yeah, and, not and, being and, a dick about you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a band that, you know, some bands can function without the second guitar player, but Disorder Pony needs that that role, or else the songs, the yeah, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, it's you know, it's like having an orchestra without a whole section or whatever. Um, but although I'll say this much, when we started rehearsing, since David was in Austin, I was sort of playing a hybrid of his parts and my parts, and that was one of the hardest things to unlearn when he when we finally started oh because because when you're practicing sure you because you don't have the full the full band there, yeah right so, so yeah, i would yeah, kind yeah. of have to play the most important parts of every song <laughs> sometimes it's a melody or a noisier part sometimes it's actually the rhythm guitar part like, yeah um so it is i guess it is kind would, would of you sing the vocals too or did you just kind of make do uh, the vocals there was a few where i would or trisha would sing the vocals yeah. um yeah, or at least cues. Yeah, because you, know? you got to get the vocal cue for like, oh, and you, it switches when he does this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so, but but so everybody was. Really, I'll say this: Connie Shorty, the band we toured with, said to me in a, I won't try and mimic an Italian accent, but you guys can imagine it. Saying, sure. "Eddie, you are the carpet. You are the carpet of the band." Nice. So I'm the carpet. The carpet of the band. <laughs> nice. Talking. That's awesome. That's a. <laughs> Uh, that's what they said eddie you are the carpet (laughs) you are the carpet okay (laughs) which i don't know if they mean i guess maybe the floor or some you know in translation but but i know i'm the carpet yeah yeah exactly you are the carpet (laughs) this is like how james hetfield is the table the table yeah i'm the table (laughs) so when you got a a band with a catalog like that that you know as we've established is it it means quite a bit to to the people that it means something to 
you can't play everything also. You, you, know, you kind of want to leave them wanting more. So how, how do you go through yeah. and like, pick that set list? And was that something that you, were you approaching like your input on that from the place of a fan or from logistics? Uh, like how did all that come together? Uh, yeah, everybody just, just uh, gave input on the songs they liked the most. And we figure an hour set, you know, for, for a headlining, quote unquote, headlining band, right? Um, and, and also I think being a band where we knew this was like a reunion kind of a tour. I mean, so it was like, yeah, we got to play a little of through the, the catalog throughout because we don't really have new stuff. So, yeah, everybody sort of mentioned. Now, I think uh, I want to say the only thing is we did take out one song at a certain point in Europe. I forget which song that was. But overall, we just basically said, let's come up with a, an hour or so set of, of the songs we like. So... It was most of that. Uh, were those lists mostly the same as far as? Yeah, we all kind of concurred, you know. And there was yeah. some like their their early stuff, which was the seven inch, and the work makes freedom EP. Uh, those were drum machines, you know, on those. Yeah. So, uh, and the tones actually are are a bit different. Um, so so they 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 so they become something else when we play them live. The, some of those older uh, like the drum machine era songs. Um, and, and so for example, there's one song, I think is it angel on a hog, um, where the, the Robert doesn't have a guitar part, but it felt really awkward for me to sing because Robert would sing on that song. Yeah. So I would sing his part, but I had nothing. So basically we did come up with this sort of implied melody that Trisha plays. And then I sort of actually, uh, play that. So they, the songs do change a little bit in that sense on, on the older stuff, the drum machine era stuff. Um, but the rest was basically everybody saying, these are songs, that, this is a song I like, or, you know, no, let's not do that one. Right. And it was, it was very... So there's also what works yeah. too, right? There's going to be yeah. like, not, not everything's going to hit the way you want it to hit. And like, oh, I thought that would yeah. be different in my head, you know? Yeah, like on Punishment Room, we don't play either of the... There's Dollar Pizza and 50 Cent Pizza. We don't play those. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, there was somewhere we just knew, like, you know, the, the other thing is you kind of get the set, you want it to flow a certain way, right. and then you throw on some songs where it's just like, oh, on the record it's fine, but live it just doesn't move things along, I guess. Um, well, because you have to think about it in terms of presenting the band as a live experience, too, and not just yeah, a collection of yeah. songs. But, 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 but ultimately, the main thing was, do we like the song or do we not like the song <laughs> right. you know, to, play, to work on it enough? Because the other thing is that's tough is like, you know, we have very limited amounts of time. So, uh, to, to practice. So we knew we had to really like, uh, you know, commit to learning them and really focus in on them. Cause we didn't have time to like spend, you know, a couple hours on a song and then realize, Oh, maybe, maybe we're not going to do that. It was like, no, we got to make sure. Um, so that was another concern. It was songs that we knew like, um, uh, we definitely wanted to play, you know, and so there, there's, you know, somewhere I was like, you know, uh, pushed for some songs and someone else would advocate, you know, or, or for another song and most, everybody mostly, I, th I think, I mean, there's some songs I remember, you know, somebody said like, I don't, I don't, I'm fine playing this song, but I don't really like it or whatever, you know, but <laughs> right. you know, if, if four out of five people want to play it, you know, we'll play you, you it. You don't want to be the stick in the mud, but then also like, yeah. luckily Distorted Pony did, doesn't have like a, the flame or something, you know, just to use a cheap trick <laughs> analogy, where 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 it's, where it's like, no, we don't it's a hugely popular song. And you're like, Ugh, yeah. 
All right. Yeah. I guess yeah. we're going to no, do we this don't one, have huh? to... So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although I'd love to hear what a Disordered Pony version of what the flame would be. Would what be. the flame would yeah. be. Yeah. I don't know what that. Yeah. You have <laughs> no to ask idea. David. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say. I, He's I, a big Who fan. So maybe a Who song. What's a long uh, ballad Who song? Because that's probably what he would be. I'll have to get back to that. I have to, I have to <laughs> yeah, think about yeah. it. Because even when I'm thinking about who's singles, I'm like, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, they all roll yeah, along. That one's that one's. I mean, from like set list wise, as, as amazing as Bob O'Reilly is to play every night, if you were a band playing clubs, it would be probably a pain in the ass to be like, oh, we're playing that eight minute song, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'd have to figure <laughs> out the synthesizer too. Right, right, right. Exactly. Logistically, yeah. it's uh, well, I'm sure they, you know, whatever. There's entire teams of people to, you know, set up to get that oh, going. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Point for the, uh, for the Daltrey and Townsend show, but uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a sort of pony. <laughs> the other uh, set list. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's something where. Well, and the reason why I brought that up is I thought that you know when, when I saw guys play, I was like, oh, that's you know that's a good, that's a good like representation of everything. You know, for lack of a better term, you you played the hits too, and it's like it seemed like there was a good balance to that, yeah. and that can be kind of hard to hard to pull off, like to sort of. Yeah, I mean, I that. think I. <laughs> I think we tried to um, to not play any of the songs where it was like people didn't even remember the names of them. You know, like nobody was like, what about that one song? You know, it's like it wouldn't even be mentioned. In the, you know, yeah, the ones, it was like, the no, like, these are the songs. Do, 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 do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. And actually, and then we just kind of when we played with you guys, we played pretty much, I think, the same set we played on the European tour with just a few. Uh, switches yeah a few variations on that but but overall we kind of you know it was interesting because um especially after that european tour by the time it finished um yeah i mean you play 14 shows you know you start to there were times we'd play a song and later you know the set would go by and i'm like it was the automaticity sort of of it, you know, would be right. like, oh, we played that one already, <laughs> Did we play you know? That one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we played that one. In yeah. the zone. <laughs> I'd look down at the set list and go, oh, yeah, we did that one, you know? Um, right. Yeah, and especially the beginning, you know, we did have a definite, like, come in really hard, you know? Um, you know, and then, you know, then you get your, like, uh, slow leak and gut bugs, which are kind of a little bit of, get some breath with some introduction, like a longer intro as opposed to just everybody come in coming in very tight and yeah. in your face. So we tried to, you know, um, work with that and stuff, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, and that, and we tried different things in rehearsal to, to, you know, uh, figure out the flow of the list and move things around. Um, but mainly, you know, in terms of picking the songs, it was, you know, Everybody pulls out their iPhone, right, and has all the, the, the <laughs> has, has all okay, their specific well, notes. See. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just you know, uh, we could you know listen to the song. No, let's not do that one. Or yeah, right. <laughs> I mean the tough. The t I'll say the tough ones to to uh, really. I mean there were a few like uh, Angel on the Hog and um, what's the other one? There's one off of not fee schedule, but there's one off of um, off of uh, Work Makes Freedom that it wasn't until the very last rehearsal where we were like, okay, we finally feel comfortable enough playing this one line, right. you know? Um, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's really, it, one of the things is it's really interesting, you know, as of just being into the band and like to see how they went, how that band evolved from 
the drum machine kind of era to Punishment Room, which was all written with a drum machine in mind. But London joined, I want to say, about a month before. Albini oh, was it out. really? Was it that soon? Okay, interesting. Cause, cause it, has oh, yeah, very, yeah. it has a very motoric kind of feel uh, to a lot of the yeah, songs. Yeah, and it's very drums. Yeah. fast and, you know, so he basically learned those songs in a few weeks and then Albini was recorded, you know, flew out here to record at their house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then once they had London in the band and then David had been listening to more like shoegazy kind of my bloody Valentine sort of stuff The you know, so, so like, um, punishment room, the songs are pretty short and fast and, you know, but instant winner has really long. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you get, you know, with really long intros and very much more, uh, I think orchestrated a bit, if, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, so that's what's always kind of impressed me just to, you know, how that band evolved from its, you know, earlier, uh, you know, style to eventually what it became. And, and I think the, the cool thing about it, though, is that when we play those songs, it still sounds, it doesn't sound like, oh, that's an old song, that's a new song. It's just still the very much, you know, the, the feel of the band is still there. It all fits together in a yeah. way that kind of yeah hits to the larger whole. Uh, yeah. So I do want to you know we've we've mentioned Leopold like mostly in passing and in relation to Distorted mm-hmm. Pony. I mean that is how I know you, and I feel like that, yeah. that Leopold is 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 was I actually I reflexively went to was I don't know why I don't know what the current state of the band is. Yeah, it's uh... what's what's the state of any band right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I guess everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, I guess we're all of any band, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not a we're not a functioning uh, band. We got together, so that band existed from two thousand. No, sorry, from nineteen ninety six to about two thousand six or seven. I want to say right, and, and that's and and it it was kind of between waves of a certain kind of music. Uh, yeah, and, and again, this yeah. this is this is a. This is a topic near and dear to my heart because, because of obvious reasons, as we've <laughs> talked about that. Like, yeah, you know, my, yeah. my my band at the time was was in the same boat of like, oh yeah, yeah. all all of that, you know, halcyon days of, you know, everybody playing the same club and hanging out. Like, yeah, that's mostly gone at at, at this point. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like now, like, well, where can we play? Where can we find a place? And I guess what I'm driving at is, you know, as someone that sort of devoted your life to this kind of art. Uh, did you ever think it would kind of have this resurgence in the way that it has? And what what did you, what did you learn operating with Leopold during that time that you think you've carried forward to today? And what perspective has that given to you? Oh uh, wow! Did I think I? I've always felt that eventually good bands. Not to say you know obviously I think Leopold is a good band, but I think in terms of like the the kind of like uh, what we've coined as noise rock right i knew eventually people would catch on to that just like eventually people caught on to the stooges just like eventually people you know at at what number what number of people would i i don't know you know i you know it certainly hasn't but i'll say you know the jesus lizard can get back together right and play really you know some bigger shows shows. than they played when they were around in some cases Yeah. yeah um so i think that's all great um i think that uh i mean leopold so leopold was the kind of band that we we didn't tour we couldn't tour a lot because 
um, we were all in working and going to school. Um, so that was really hard because it was just, you know, to get the time to do. Um, we did do one tour in 97. We did a, like a, a Southwest tour. Um, and then, and then the big thing that happened that I think really kind of set us back was we had recorded our album. Our, our drummer, uh, George Sang at the time was a recording engineer. So we recorded the album onto, uh, he had a setup at home, like ADATS, I want to say. And then that was in the summer. And then he went on vacation with his family or something with his folks. Well, while on vacation, someone broke into his house, stole all the gear, stole all the tapes. So that set us back, I don't know how long, because yeah. we recorded that probably in 98 or 99. And, That's you know, hit, that would have been, yeah. So <laughs> that really set us back a lot. And then, the, so the only thing we had out for years was our seven inch that came out in 97. So that set us back. And then he, and then our drummer uh, quit in 2000 or 2001. And that set us back for about eight or nine months. Then Chris joined and we recorded our record with Alex Newport. Um, Alex Newport? Yes. Yeah. Who I still stay in touch with and love dearly. And um, I heard him on your show. Um, yeah. So, uh, and he just, I'm at the studio and he just lives down the street actually. Um, so we got in touch with him. Chris recorded the record. We were planning on touring and then he got like a really like life changing type of promotion at his job. Mm, yeah. And it was just like, you know, I can't blame him for saying he can't tour because, you know, um, it was one of those like, you're not going to get this chance again. Right. Kind of <laughs> and at that point, we're already in our 30s, you know, so yeah. it's kind of it's, it's harder you know, to drop everything and someone. go, hey, do you yeah. want to go? <laughs> do you want to go travel yeah. the country for six weeks, make no money whatsoever and exactly. have a miserable time at least 30 percent of the time? Yeah. Hmm. And or do you want to like this? Yeah. Or do you want to do you want to like take it, take a shot at the brass ring in another way? Yeah. So, so those were the kind of the things that I think, uh, you know, kind of set us back a bit. The other thing was because we were all in school or working, I mean, we weren't kind of like a hangout after the show and go party type band either, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, so you're not being like social that. in so, that way. Then, then Yeah. And, and as much yeah. as, you know, you want, we want to say, oh, the music is the most, there are certain bands that can, you know, if they, they they're really good at networking and socializing and doing that kind of stuff. And, that leads to them, you know, going on tour with somebody or getting on the label or whatever. You know, we just weren't kind of paying attention to the to that those sorts of things too much. And I mean, not that I don't. I mean, obviously, I have friends from that time. Uh, but no, you know, but there's a different it, there's a different kind of, of social experience that yeah uh, yeah that comes from that when it, when it's sort of like oh, you know, some people would say it makes a scene, but yeah, some some people it, it is like especially. You know, you told the story earlier about the uh, getting the twenty questions drill from yeah. from the booker, <laughs> the inter- right? The job interview to play a show. <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. and if you're buddies with the booker, then you know maybe you don't get that, and and yeah. that's you know it'd be nice if that wasn't the case. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and well, the reason I bring it up too is because I always you know I always felt you know as you well know that I, I thought Leopold was a very interesting band. It was one of those things like, oh yeah, thank you. We're playing L.A. Let's see if those guys are around to play. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with being the that band of of that place at all, but mm-hmm. it kind of it does sort of, 
you're not playing Europe, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. And but but the other thing, so so I like you're saying, what did I I learn? Well, one of the things here is I remember uh and I would always try and help. I mean, to this day I, I try and no matter if it's the whatever you know, someone asks you for help, um you know, you'd lend a hand if you can, you know, and very much so when it came to bands. But the one thing where it blew my mind was um, a band called me that was going to go going to go on tour, and they got my number from another band that we had helped years before, but were like a bigger band at this point. Um, and they said that band <laughs> gave them my number to help them get a show, and I said. Well, they they got a lot more pull than anything I can do. <laughs> right. Why'd they give you my number? You know, I'm just going like, yeah, why didn't they just do it? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, why don't you guys just you know? And so and I did. I helped them get a show and everything. I th- I think at that point maybe it was during that hiatus time when Leopold wasn't wasn't playing. We had we didn't have yeah. a drummer, but I just remember going like, wait, here's a band that can help out their friends, and instead of helping out their friends, they give them my number instead of like. I know they could easily book a show for them and do everything. Right. right. So, so yeah. And then, so those kinds of things always kind of blew my mind. And the other thing too is um, uh, there's a difference, I think, between a scene and actual real friendships, you know? And I think that's the one thing that I've seen that, you know, the reason the studio is open is because of those people I met, you know, 20 something years ago and establish a a friendship with them and a connection and a reputation as being, you know, uh, hopefully right. Reliable, trustworthy, all the things you want, (laughs) you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah, one would hope. Um, And of course we're talking, we're talking about total annihilation studios. uh, Oh yeah. That, yeah, that's which we should, I I, I would have to remember to like mention the name. Not everybody knows everything about everything. Um, Yeah. 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 So, and I'm still, I mean, so Leopold got back together um, to play uh, twice in the last couple of years. In 2019, we played when Connie Shorty uh, from the band that Distorted Pony toured with in Europe, they came to LA to record here. And uh, Distorted Pony was, was going to play the show with them, but we, could, we couldn't. Um, so uh, I hit up the guys in Leopold. I said, hey, my friends from yeah, Italy are going to yeah. play. Let's play. Um, and then... I think a bit prior to that was when Chris Chris Stein, the bass player from uh, Sacred Trust, passed away, and they had some memorial shows for him. And so I called up Dave Travis, who ran a club here in LA called Cafe Nella, which was sort of like the Mr. T's uh, uh, locals and and regulars that they kind of migrated there, right? Right. So um, so we got back together to play specifically that show like i had not asked the guys to play in been i think i don't know 17 years or something it'd been a long time but i felt like if there's ever a reason for leopold to get back together it's yeah, to that's pay answer. homage and yeah. to chris dine who um well i didn't you can see my mixing board his pictures on my board right there it's a be- um, beautiful mixing board and yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful <laughs> yeah i mean th- he was a really good friend and i miss him to this day and every time i walk in the studio i remember him and um so i felt like if there's ever a time to ask the guys to play this would this would be it you know right. um so we played that sh- that gig uh it was with um with who was on that bill it, i think Brady and jackass 
Mike Watt. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Watt. Watt was on it. I remember. God, there was there was some kind of. It was mean, a whole weekend of shows. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, now the crazy thing I'll say this is we played that that show and then we played with Connie Shorty and the the locals. You know, like I said, the regulars came out and they were like, "Wow, we didn't realize how much we miss Leopold." Um, <laughs> you know, after all these years, it was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was so it was one of like those things like people were like, "Oh shit, yeah," you know. Yeah. Um, Where were you guys? So when that we were was a band. Cool <laughs> yeah, we were a band. Yeah, and we played a lot, and we helped other bands, and you know, um, had oh, a the, really good time. And, and the, and the so, Mormons played that. I totally forgot about those guys. <laughs> yeah, the Mormons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys I've known since then. You know, they've recorded yeah, yeah. here too. You know, but like I'm saying, so those relationships with people and, and really friendships. I mean, I've gone to people's that I met back then, like Braddy and Jackass. Um, that that was a group of people that like there was a quite a few Braddy and Jackass Guns Books and Tools, Front BC. So they we played a show with them with actually with 400 Blows at the Martini Lounge in '97. And so Brian, who was also the drummer in Sacred Trust, came up to me and said, you know, I really like your band. We should play more. And that was '97. And I'm still friends with those people to this day. And I work on their records. And I go I've gone to their weddings and. I've gone to you know, uh, you know some of their kids' birthday parties like community. Mormons. It's, it's it's a community. Yeah, yeah. So that to me is is I think the really cool thing besides playing the shows and all that stuff. I'm really grateful for the friendships, being in each other's I, I, lives, like having yeah, like an, an earnest connection very much that so. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those things I'm I'm really really grateful for, and I I really think um, yeah Leopold didn't ever become a big band or whatever. But I have some, uh, you know, great, great friends. I mean, Dan from Babyland, you know, now continues, was recording here before this whole thing happened. You know, I, I, who would have thought, you know. Before I was the be Troubles. Playing... Yeah, before the Troubles. <laughs> but they asked Leopold to play our, like, our first show, you know. So yeah. the fact that here's, here's um, Dan sitting in my studio and I'm recording his current music, it, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah, that those relationships and friendships and also now he's willing to, you know, pay me money and trust me to record his music. You know, those are the things that I really um, am grateful for that Leopold facilitated, you know, like, yeah, we didn't get to do big tours and we didn't get to blah, 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 blah. But I have really great friendships that I'm very much, um, you know, um, appreciative of, and I, I love, I love those people, you know, they're, they're good, good people that I'm very grateful to have in my life, you know? Well, and there's something even to be like, said, you know, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. But even like, you know, same thing, the distorted pony. I mean, you know, Trisha and I are very close. We talk, uh, you know, almost every, every week or two, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, um, you know, Ted and I talk every so often. I, tend to call David, but he's always, you always go to his voicemail and he gets back to you like two weeks later, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, working on this, the, the, the bootleg, uh, whatever release coming, you know, we all had to, you know, uh, you know, give our two cents on how the artwork's going to look and, you know, uh, what are we going to do for this and that? So, you know, um, I really enjoy, you know, those, those, these, these people that, you know, um, 
You know, I mean, we've known each other now. I don't know when was when did we play those shows? You know, uh, twenty years ago. It has to be about twenty years ago at this point. Yeah, which blows right? my mind. That's that's yeah. It's, like it's crazy to look back. Of an eye, and it's almost, gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm forty-seven. We, we almost. I don't know if I told you this at the time. But uh, the, the talk about this being a niche interest. But when we played yeah. with you at No Coast, I considered we we play a, a Replicator song now and again if we think there's uh-huh. someone around that might care about it. And we almost put that in the yeah. set. But I was like, you know what? We're playing like a half hour set. There's a million bands. Like I'm not gonna ask for special dispensation to basically do an in joke for one dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if, we, if we're playing with a crowd where it's like, oh, this is a band that I, you know, I know from kind of back knows. when. I'll sometimes drag yeah. that, and that's a nice thing for like, you know, the, for those people. And I'm always yeah. kind of surprised when it's like, kids find it, and and they're like, hey, you played that Replicator song. I'm like, you know that band? Like, how do you know that band? But yeah. it's the internet. Yeah. You know, it's it's like whatever. it's odd. Yeah. I mean, it, which it's is been that, that's a story about how I didn't play a song for you. By the yeah, way, yeah, thanks. Thanks for not playing that for me. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. But, you know, I'm sure, I mean, it is, I think, and part of it is via Distorted Pony. I'll get the occasional email like, hey, do you have any Leopold CDs? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've got, you know, like I said, 400 yeah. left in how many? How many dozens oh, do you gosh. want? Yeah, Actually, exactly. honestly, it's probably down to 250 now, but yeah, nonetheless. Yeah. There you go. Um, Five more uh, so years and you'll so often, be down to the hundreds, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, I can use them for, like, uh, to prop up my car. Um I keep waiting for the CD so revival, often, but doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be happening. But maybe it will. Yeah, not not yet. It, if cassettes came back, CDs like, are going to come back, uh, right? Yeah, because I mean, you know the cassette I revival. I don't want to sound just like a, like a grumpy Gus about stuff, but that blows my mind. And I'm like, really? Yeah, that's, that's the format. Okay, okay, sure. I, I, they're I cheap. Mean, okay, I get I, it. Yeah, I I get it, but I don't get it. That, I, that I get one it, is kind of but it's I like don't the eight like track. Is the eight track going to come back? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Exactly. Vinyl, I totally get. You know? No, vinyl, I totally get. Absolutely, vinyl yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I wish it it come back sooner, even you know, rip it. But yeah, yeah I don't, I don't get it. anyway, sorry, sorry to take out track. Yeah. But yeah, the idea is like yeah, it's oh, but, community, community, right? And yeah, and, yeah, and via via you know, distorted pony, uh, people have reached out. Like I guess they'll hear about me through distorted pony and ask. Do you have any Leopolds? And and now the other the, the cool thing though is I'll say this. There were when the record came out, I sent like CDs to Steel Pole Bathtub, to the Unsane Guys, to uh, you know, uh, other people. And all those people responded very positively. So that was that was really cool. To at least I could like, you know, which is the great thing about recorded music, you can like share it with somebody, right? I mean, so Pete Townsend's probably not gonna write back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's still. I don't think he even has a CD player. He's, he's still um, busy dicking around with synths. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Plugging in the patch cables. Bob O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah. Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, nice, nice way to bring that around. <laughs> well, I love that. Have you ever seen that behind the music? On that, I love that he basically locked himself in like a room for like three weeks and was just dicking around with synths trying to get that. And the guys were like, "Can we just write that some patch? songs?" Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> like, is that a thing that no, we can I, do? We're a band, right? Can we write some songs? <laughs> Yeah, we play yeah. some songs, and but like yeah, when I mean, he came I, up with this genius, it's great. But it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's, it was worth it, right? Yeah, and, and it was going to be a musical, nuts. and he like he was gonna it's, it was gonna be con- not even concert record. It's like there's gonna be a musical element to it, and they're like, why don't we just like take what we have and make a record, man? And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean they did come out with a pretty great. It's you know, I mean, a great part. I think it, when all yeah, is said and it's, done, it's all said and done, like yeah. you know, like you know, yeah. whatever. I can I can I can sit here and mock Pete Townsend. Everybody in a band hates room. you now, but all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you um, know, it, it, it's it's a timeless song. I think it worked out okay for him. You know, even, even yeah, though he was just yeah. dicking around yeah, with bad. Patch Bays for three weeks. Yeah, 
Yeah. But, uh, sorry. So that, that was, that was sort of about P towns and dicking around with yeah. sense. Go ahead. There we go. Yeah. And songs you didn't play from, um, <laughs> No, but but again, and I think, and I think, but you know, I think like, look, I think that's kind of, it, it's been, not everybody gets to do something like, I got to join one of my favorite bands. You've gotten to play in bands with, with people that were in bands you admired, you know? Yeah. Um, not everybody gets to do that sort of stuff. You know, there is something really cool about this, you know, and it's a small, I mean, you know, it's very like, no, the noise rock kind of that's sort of the right the term we give it but it is i feel pretty, like the eye rolls always implied by someone of our of our age where it's like yeah fine yeah. okay that's what it is sure <laughs> yeah i mean it's just an easy it's an easy term that you know we all know what it that, means yeah exactly we know what it means yeah we know what it means right um um uh, but i mean it's like like my my brother loves basketball but he's he'll never gets to play with the lakers right right you know that kind of thing so i equate my experience and then i think being in leopold also uh the the guys in distorted pony you know the people in that band knew well yeah eddie knows how to be in a band he knows how to play his guitar he knows how to you know do what we need him to do right so so in that sense um you know and a lot of other things but like i said it's i mean leopold was sort of the um uh, like initially the goal was i want to get a band that can play with these other bands i love those bands went away we stuck around, but that didn't uh, diminish from, you know, the things I do enjoy about about having that band. And, you know, like I said, even like I'm friends with Alex, you know, who recorded our record and, yeah. and have very uh, personal, you know, and close conversations with him. And, um, you know, that when he needs a microphone, he knows, hey, he can call me up and borrow. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you know, and he so was people very borrow a cup actually. of sugar. Some people yeah, borrow right? microphones. And, <laughs> and I remember he actually that experience too, just to give thanks to Alex, when we were, I had been kind of dabbling with recording. I wasn't very serious. It was just kind of like our drummer had left the band who was a recording engineer. And then I kind of was the, by default, because nobody else was going to do it, got a four track and started yeah. to learn. Right. And when we were making our record, you know, I would ask Alex a few questions about things he was doing. And he said, uh, do you plan on working in a studio? And I said, <laughs> why? And he said, well, you're asking all the right questions. Right. And that stuck with me. And I didn't, I, you know, it, it was a few years. It was maybe another three years where I really started to take it seriously. And, um, you know, and now I, you know, I have an actual professional recording studio and have made records with my, so many of my friends and other people too. Um, so I just, I look at it that way, right? I mean, it's just like Leopold is just a, a part of the, uh, I don't know, the journey or whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah, part of the spectrum. That, yeah, I mean, you being in, in, in Replicator, that allowed you to then, the avenue, right? The, the vehicle by which you met so that, many other that, people. That's how I met Dale. Know? That's how I met Vern. That's yeah. How, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, all, so, it's all connected. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think uh, now um, it I, it's cool when people you know um acknowledge or give props to to leopold too you know i mean yeah every so often i'll get a random email I, you know i heard your thing on youtube you know can do you have any actual you know physical copies of stuff you know and um you know and i've had two people 
that were friends of mine said they started bands because they saw Leopold. That's so that's awesome. pretty cool too. Yeah, that's you great. Know, to that, have that, people, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I say that. You know, one wanted actually to be the singer, and uh, we're not that kind of band. You know, we did it. We had a singer, this guy Chuck, for a short while, but then we're like, yeah, we're done with that. But, but eventually, he had seen my band. We became friends, and uh, he said that's what inspired him to to start a band. You know, I've had people say that. So. Those those things are really great, you know, um, and you know, like I said, to be able to to maintain, you know, and have friendships. I mean, I'm assuming that I'll have probably my entire life, you know, um, based off of that band, you know. Well, you kind of interrupted my flow here because you're sort of answering the, the last question that I ask people, which oh. is the "Why do you do what you do?" Yeah, but why do you do what you do, Eddie? I think my life would be really boring if I didn't do the stuff I do. Um, and I think that, uh, that uh, it's been the vehicle, like I said, by which I've met so many cool people. You know, I, would, I hope I, that everybody has something in their life that allows them to connect to other people and, and have, you know, good friendships and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think, like I said, I think music... If it wasn't for music, I don't know how I would have made friends. I don't know. I mean, skateboarding, maybe, because I was a skater kid. Um, but music is how I've made friends. It's influenced my philosophy about life. It's, you know, um, and without it, like I said, I think I, I, I just have a really boring, boring life. I don't know what I'd do with my time if it wasn't for, you know, getting to play, getting to, I mean, during this whole pandemic, there was a time I didn't step into my studio from April all the way till, want to say gosh maybe august or something maybe september wow. i literally just did not want to come here because i i, I kind of got used to being in you know at home in the cell right you know like we yeah, all were and yeah. i i was just like okay and then coming back and actually i didn't have a besides the one mixing gig i did i didn't have any tracking till about a month ago i did a my friend Erika from a band called El Harukaroi came in just to do vocals and guitar and mix. So I was like, okay, I feel comfortable with one person. And then last week, two weeks ago, the guys in Fatso Jets and Tony came in to do some drums. And same thing. I was like, okay, one person, not, you know, four or five people. <laughs> Breathing um, each other's and licking each other's faces. Yeah, yeah. it's it's <laughs> tough. It's, this whole thing is just like, you know, people that don't have symptoms but have the vibe. It's terrible, you know. Yeah. Um, but it does make me coming back here. It, it does make me miss interacting with the people that I interact with here and, and the, you know, and, and just going the process. I miss, I miss being with people, you know, doing the recording thing, you know? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, if anything, right, this whole thing, I think does make you take inventory of how many times, like, I told a friend, oh, I'll go to your show or, you know, oh, I'll see you here. And, and then, you can't, you know, it like makes you really appreciate um, those opportunities that we should probably take advantage of, you know, to interact with our friends and, and uh, be social and, and engage with people, you know. Making excuses to do something rather than to not do something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think to answer your question, I think my life would be really boring. If I didn't have, uh, you know, and, the, and by music, I mean the whole thing, right? From like learning how to playing an instrument, playing in a band, uh, 
putting together shows, putting out records, recording, um, but mainly engaging with people. You know, if the people that I was having to deal with I didn't like, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing this thing. You know, but I really like the people I get to work with, uh, the friendships I've made, the the experiences I've had. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of them have been just really cool, really fun. You know. Um, well, speaking yeah. of really fun, this is this has been really fun as well. Thanks so much for oh, doing thank it, Eddie. You, Colin. I really no, appreciate you, having man. you. Thank you, thank you for having me. You know, um, hopefully we'll get to play a show together yeah. again soon. <laughs> it, it, it'll it'll happen again. It'll, it'll yeah, happen again. yeah. I hope so. Stay safe out there, brother. You too. Thank you, man. All right. Oh, and there he goes. Let's hear a tune. Death in the Turnstile, Distorted Pony. That's Eddie. That's Eddie and the crew. Eddie Reeves. Um, hey, that was great. Love that dude. I should have played some Leopold. I didn't think about that. Well, <laughs> you can listen to Leopold too. Good luck searching for him. There's a million. That's what I forgot to ask him. There's like there's like a bunch of new artists also called Leopold. So that's rough. That's a. 90s band problems, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to yet another episode of Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Always appreciated. Thank you so much. 
Eddie Eddie You can find uh, Total Annihilation Total Annihilation Studios. Go, 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 go. Highly recommended the distortedpony.blogspot.com. It's pretty interesting. Even though most of it's, uh, he has never given in a couple of years, but it, 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 it's great. And it deserves more than the nine? Nine followers? Come on. It's super interesting. Well, one of them's not me. Though. I don't even know if I have a blogger account anymore. Like, thank Eddie for being on the show. Uh, he's awesome. Leopold's awesome. Sword of Pony's awesome. Total Annihilation's awesome. Just awesome guy. And really had a blast hanging out with him. Yeah. The name of the show is Cutting Your Transport Talk Reversal. It airs on Radio Nope, RadioNope.com, live. Podcast leader everywhere, ProtonicReversal.com. Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal to get the episodes sooner. One dollar a month will get you there. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Yeah, got a bunch more shows this week. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, really. Stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And as always. Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. Take it easy. to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl!
plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? If there's no one there to receive It's the end of radio As we come to the close of our broadcast day See?